happy wednesday everybody welcome back to the right wing vegan i am scott this is the wednesday show we are going to go through the news and notes of yesterday some important things happened we have breaking news that i want to cover and talk about because i think it's important to the election it's important to, to america it should be important to you before I do, though, I want to thank you guys for listening very, very much. We've received a lot of support lately, and I'm just, we're very appreciative here at The Right Wing Vegan. And we want to thank you. The best way that you can help the show, if you like our work, you appreciate our work, and you want to assist us, is share this show with somebody that you know. Share this show on Twitter. Share this show so that our voices can be amplified. We, we are going to talk about some important things. I'm not certain the mainstream media is going to cover this stuff, and I think people should hear it. So if you think people should hear this, if you think this is important for people to hear, please feel free to share the show. Now, I want to get into a few things today. Some breaking news dropped that I think is important to talk about. Before I do, I want to briefly cover the Amy Coney Barrett hearings that are going on currently. It's day three, by the way of those hearings on Capitol Hill. And I want to to I want to just cover some things that I noticed yesterday cuz listen, here's the thing. Obviously these hearings are pointless. And this is all just kind of a, a play, right? This is all a chance for the Democrats to get up there and bloviate for 30 minutes to talk about the Affordable Care Act, which seems to be their line of attack. Um, it's an interesting line of attack because it relies on the American public not knowing the role of a judge, of a justice, on the Supreme Court. And what I, what, what I want to say about that, just to speak a little further about it, is that I have noticed the Democrats' strategy on most issues is based on an assumption that the American people don't know. That the American people don't aren't aware of policy or process or knowledge that the, their assumption is always or at least it seems to be and, and again you know I, I know i'm coming from a place of bias but it does seem to be that the democrats stance on many issues is that well the american people won't know they won't know anyways so you know we'll just we'll just hide it or lie about it no they'll never check us they'll never know and their strategy relies heavily on the fact that when it comes to a justice, you don't know that justices aren't supposed to have agendas. Justices are supposed to weigh the facts. Justices are supposed to protect and up uphold the law of the land, the Constitution. They're supposed to interpret law. Law comes in. Um, law is challenged. And then they weigh that challenge against the Constitution and they come up with an opinion. Justices are not to bring their personal opinions into their work. They, so a pro-life judge is not supposed to to weigh against their pro-life beliefs. They are supposed to be neutral in many cases. This does not mean that we should expect all of our justices or our judges to live neutral lives. Human beings have an opinion. It was it was actually discussed yesterday, I think with Senator Kennedy, where it was brought up that we can't expect these these nominees to be blank slates. If they were, we should question that. We should question someone who is in their 40s, their late 40s, almost 50, who doesn't have an opinion on anything. That's a questionable stance. That, that would be a questionable human being. You know, we, we, we should question their humanity, honestly. Everyone has opinions. Everyone has feelings and beliefs. It's do you bring those opinions to work? Unfortunately, in 2020, I would say most people do. 
bring their political opinions to work with them and allow that to affect their work. But justices are not supposed to do that. And I think that was well encapsulated yesterday by Amy Coney Barrett and her answers. Uh, one thing, one note that I have about her is she's poised. She's incredibly intelligent. Um, she knows her stuff, man. And she's making every single one of those senators look like a fool, uh, particularly when it comes to the law. And a lot of them are lawyers. So that should that should scare you. Um, the biggest uh, takeaway from yesterday was probably an incredibly meme-worthy happening and that was when uh amy coney barrett was questioned about the notebook that she has in in front of her and she holds it up in the air and it's like there's nothing on this notebook so so she's going into these hearings with no notes which is so impressive uh when you listen to her talk and you realize she's not using notes that's incredibly impressive and in most cases the criticism of her has been ridiculous right i mean we've we've heard the the criticism people Criticizing her religion, criticizing her family choices, criticizing the amount of kids she has, criticizing the fact that she would be a working mother, questioning whether or not she would be fully dedicated to the role because she's a working mother. The left has become everything that they say they hate, um, which is funny. It's funny because, you know, I, I often get asked, Scott, when, I, when I'm debating these people and they throw this at me, what do I say? Well, these are the opportunities for you to take note of so that the next time some gender studies uh, major decides that they want to they want to question you on sexism in the workplace or sexism or the belief that women shouldn't stay at home women should be out in the workforce working single mothers can do it too I want you to bring this moment up and I want you to say hey do you remember when when you guys criticized Amy Coney Barrett for doing the same thing and they'll, they'll have nothing they'll, they'll melt um, they'll melt like butter because they have nothing there. Most of their arguments, this is what you have to remember when you're debating the left. It's very important for you to remember this. Most of their arguments are based in fallacies and logic. It's simply true. I mean, take the gender argument, right? And, and take that argument and then realize there's no way to argue against it because it's not a real... There's no fact grounded in that argument. There are more than two genders. Okay, how many? Well, it's endless. It's a spectrum. It could There could be millions. Okay, well, what defines a woman then? Well, a woman is defined by somebody who wants to be a woman. Well, that doesn't make sense. It's not a definition. What defines a woman? Their arguments contradict each other in a way that's that's entertaining to us. But, but it's not because it's hard to debate that. When, when you're debating somebody who's not grounded in fact... They don't care about the facts. And I know this because I've had these debates. I've had these debates with people where I'll bring up a fact and then they'll say, well, I don't care. Well, then how do you de how do you debate an unreasonable person? The answer is you don't. You don't. You choose to walk away from that because you can't win a debate with an unreasonable person. You can't lose either, but you, you can't win. So it's just pointless. It becomes a pointless act. But in these instances, you write these moments down and you bring them back up. It's like the body positivity movement, right? It's it's very similar. You, you get the body positivity movement. These people will argue that all bodies are beautiful and we shouldn't shame people who are overweight. And I agree, you shouldn't shame anybody. But to say that, that someone who weighs 500 pounds is as healthy as someone who weighs 150 is not accurate. And the same people who will do that, by the way, are the ones who will say, you're not listening to the science when it comes to COVID. Science denier, you don't want to wear a mask. 
Okay, well, science denier, you are 500 pounds and you pretend to be healthy. Science would indicate that is not the case. This recently came up because Billie, a picture of Billie Eilish uh, was posted on Twitter. It looks like she's put a little weight on. And people are losing their minds because she's received some criticism for this. Maybe she hasn't, hasn't received criticism, but people are, are still losing their minds. I mean, I would never criticize somebody for, for that. Not to be rude or, you know, maybe out of concern, I would criticize someone. I would say, hey, you know, you might want might to watch it for your health. But that causes them to lose their mind. And so they're all on there, you know, you, these people who pretend that fat isn't healthy. Well, it's not. Science would say that it's not. So if you want to question me on my desire to wear masks or not and how I think COVID is spread or global warming, you might want to check yourself because science is telling you that if you eat two double cheeseburgers from McDonald's, you're probably not the healthiest person on earth. But that, that doesn't matter. Uh, they don't care about facts. So I, I want to highlight some some things that happened yesterday that I think are important to highlight. Um, and then, then we'll move on to, to the breaking news uh, that dropped uh, this morning. Last night, this morning. So Senator Kennedy asked uh, Amy Coney Barrett about comments that were made by Ibram X. Kendi. Ibram X. Kendi, in case you're wondering, is, is a nut job. He wrote a book and he is making a lot of money off that book right now because of the state of the world, state of the United States. Um, and basically the book argues that you need to be, it's not enough to not discriminate. You need to be anti-discriminate. You know, you need to be anti-racist. It's not enough not to be racist. You have to be anti-racist. And the way that you're anti-racist, the book argues, is that you discriminate against the majority class. You can't fight discrimination without discriminating, which is a, a stupid argument, really, on its face. It's stupid. It makes no sense. Uh, people buy into this stuff, though. You, you need to know. These are the same people who are going to vote for Biden. Um, the same suburban housewives. That's no offense to suburban housewives, but the majority of them are voting for Biden, and I just don't understand why. Um, but anyway, Senator Kennedy asked about these comments. Uh, Ibram X. Kennedy said, and I'm not going to quote him directly on Twitter because the quote is asinine, but he basically says that because Amy Coney Barrett adopted children from Haiti, that she is a white colonist. Only white colonists, you know, this is an example of white colonists who bring these kids over from foreign countries. Now, it's important to note that Haiti is riddled with poverty. And these children that Amy Coney Barrett adopted may have not survived if they stayed in Haiti because the, the death rate in Haiti, the, the life expectancy, I guess I should say, is way different than it is in the United States of America. So Amy Coney Barrett adopted two children from Haiti. So, you know, Senator Kennedy asked Amy Coney Barrett about this. Now, I thought this was interesting because she had mentioned earlier she had had, you know, blacked out media for the sake of her mental health and, and for gosh, for good reason, because when you read the things people are writing, it's ridiculous. That's that should you should also take note of, because that means that they can't. They can't criticize her credentials. So they have to attack her personally. Her response, and I'll quote it, I won't play it for you because I, I don't want to play anything from these hearings. It's boring. I do have some audio I'm going to play later, but I don't want to play this. What I'll say, this was her response. Senator Kennedy, it was the risk of people saying things like that, which would be so hurtful to my family, that when I told Senator Graham this morning that my husband and I really had to weigh the cost of this, it was saying deeply offensive and hurtful things, things that are not only hurtful to me, but are hurtful to my children. Who are my children? who we love and who we brought into our home made part of our family 
And accusations like that are cruel. And boy, aren't they cruel. But the left constantly says things like this. They will criticize you for being cruel. Because you might have pro-life beliefs. You might not believe in, you might not believe in gay marriage for religious reasons. You might be like me and you might think for religious reasons, gay marriage is, you know, frowned upon. But at the same time, you accept and love gay people. And I, I, I want them to be happy. But you see, I believe marriage is a religious institution. I believe it's a religious practice. Now, since the state has taken over marriage, I do believe gay people have the right to get married. But in terms of my religious beliefs, I, I would back that up. So it is cruel to say something like this. This is a deeply hurtful statement that comes from somebody from the left, somebody who the left admires right now. Somebody who's making a lot of money off of a falsehood. So that's important to note. Another instance yesterday, another thing to note is that Amy Klobuchar looked like a raving maniac. Um, she was visually shaken. She continued to ask Judge Barrett about case after case after case. Getting the same response, Judge Barrett answered, she can't speak to these cases. But Amy Klobuchar just kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. There was one weird, awkward instance where Amy Klobuchar talked about how she wishes that she was a queen. It was super weird. I, I felt really weird listening to it. And I know she was referencing something that Judge Barrett had said earlier, but it still sounded so weird. There was one instance where she asked Judge Barrett about a super precedent. Judge Barrett challenged her, said, define what you mean by super precedent. You're going to ask me about this, define it. And she couldn't. Amy Klobuchar couldn't. She made some awkward statement about how one day she thought she'd be sitting in the chair that uh, Judge Barrett was sitting in. But it was, it was just so weird, so awkward. Amy Klobuchar was very visually shaken, you, you could tell. Senator Whitehouse, what is this guy? He went on a crazy rant about conspiracy theories, talking about dark money, and he kind of indicated that maybe Barrett's nomination was bought. It was just this weird thing. He pulled card after card after card, and then there was one moment where his cards fell over, and I, I lost it, but Amy Coney Barrett kept like the straightest face as this happened. She was just solid, man. Just what a nut. I mean, he uses his time. He gets 30 minutes, and he wants to babble on about dark money and conspiracy theories. You want to talk about dark money. Let's talk about George Soros. Let's talk about buying DAs so that they'll release all these criminals who are out there looting and rioting. Senator Cruz let him have it. Uh, he stated a simple statistic. It is true that dark money, if we want to talk about dark money, and I did do visual quotations that you can't see. Well, three to one dark money goes to Democratic causes. Democratic, I'm sorry, Democrat causes. There is a difference there. So that was important to note that you want to you want to talk about dark money. Let's talk about it. I'm all for getting money out of out of campaigns, getting money out of politics. I'm all for it. We'll we'll probably talk about that on a Friday show. But I'm I'm all for that, man. Um, and and again, Barrett went through her philosophy in the hearing. You know, this isn't the this isn't uh, uh, the law by Amy. It's the law by the land. It, it is the law. It's not the law of Amy. It's the law of the United States of America, and that's how she approaches every case and it's brilliant and she's brilliant and i'm i'm so impressed by her i just have to say that i i as a nominee trump nailed it this time because she knows her stuff she's solid she's she's reasonable i mean she she is she's really someone for your daughter to look up to you don't get a lot of that in politics right you don't because a lot of our politicians are raving lunatics and maybe that's why we look at the judiciary for that. RGB was looked upon as this 
um, this role model for, for females. And she should be. She's accomplished a lot. And let's talk about Amy Coney Barrett, who's also accomplished a lot and is going to sit on the highest court of the land. She's going to be confirmed. That's so impressive. And she's such a role model. And listening to the professionalism, listening to her handle these questions, not lose her cool. Um, you know, I, I'm very impressed. So the breaking news that dropped yesterday night, early this morning, was two emails were retrieved from a laptop. Now this lap now, okay, okay, let me preface this. Take this as a grain of salt right now. More information is going to come out. I think I just saw breaking news hit my phone from the Daily Caller in regards to this. So more news is gonna drop, okay? So, take this with a grain of salt right now. Um, but, two emails were recovered from a, a laptop that was dropped off at a repair store. And the laptop was never picked up by the owner. Um, but, the laptop contained some incriminating evidence against Joe Biden and the owner of the store, the owner of the shop uh, discovered the emails. He alerted federal authorities who have seized the laptop and its hard drive. So I expect more information to come of this, but right now this information that I've got right here in front of me comes from the New York post. So I'll cite the New York post here Two emails. The first email shows that Joe Biden met with executives of Burisma Burisma is the Ukrainian gas company that Hunter Biden sat on the board of, was paid millions of dollars with no experience to sit on the board, prior to them taking Hunter on the board. The email was sent to Hunter on April 17th, 2015. It states the following, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It was really an honor and a pleasure. So I want to, to, I'll read the second email and then we'll talk about why both of them are important, why this whole thing is important and why the more, as more information comes from this hard drive, that is of utter importance as we have an election that's three weeks away. The second email leverages, shows that Hunter leveraged his father to gain favor with the company. So here's, here's just a few quotes from the second email. I'll read only a few paragraphs if you want to. To uh, see the whole thing, go to the New York Post. They have, they have a story on it. The announcement of my guy's upcoming, my guy's, and my guy, by the way, is Joe Biden. My guy's upcoming travel should be characterized as part of our advice and thinking. But what he will say and do is out of our hands, Hunter Biden wrote on April 13th, 2014. In other words, it could be a really good thing or it could end up creating too great an expectation. We need to temper expectations regarding that visit. We need to ask for long-term agreement and across-the-board participation. This is a huge step for us that could easily become very complicated. And if we are not protected financially, regardless of the outcome, we could find ourselves frozen out of a lot of current and future opportunities. The contract should begin now, not after the upcoming visit of my guy. That should include a retainer in the range of 25 k additional fees where appropriate, blah, 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 blah. So it just goes into more business details. But my guy, my guy, Joe Biden is my guy. Now, granted, it is his father. But it just shows you, it just shows you, right, that this is not above the, the line behavior here. So this is important 
One, because Biden has said in multiple interviews that he never discussed Burisma with his son Hunter. But why did he meet with the board? Why did he meet with a member of the board if he never discussed this with Hunter? Why? That really calls that into question, that Biden didn't know what was going on here. Um, it, it delegitimizes that for sure. Uh, if true, I mean, it kind of pr- proves that he may have utilized his power to get Hunter special treatment. It definitely shows a huge conflict of interest here. The vice president is asking for favors of another nation. We know this because he's admitted it on videotape that he asked for the prosecutor who was looking into all of this in Ukraine to be fired. And he withheld funds, government funds, until they did so, which, by the way, might sound familiar with to you. And that's because that is exactly what they impeached Trump for. This is why they call him quid pro Joe. I mean, this is what they impeached Trump over. And Joe Biden is a cur- is currently running for president of the United States. So more news is going to break on this. More is going to come of this hard drive. And, and there might be some really, really damning evidence on this thing. And, and it'll be interesting. You know, you always look for that October surprise that changes everything. And this might be it. Now, now some of us don't believe. Some of us don't believe that Trump is actually down. I'm one of those. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe Trump is down in the polls. I, I do not believe it. I think Trump is well ahead. I don't believe the polls because I have eyes. And I go to the, you know, I see these campaign events. I see the enthusiasm. I see the signs. I see a poll that says, fit, or some information from Gallup that says 56% of people are better off today than they were under Obama. Or they feel better off today. Well, those people are going to vote for Trump. Joe Biden told you to. He said, well, I would say to those 56% of people, they, they, should, they shouldn't vote for me. Okay, hopefully they won't. Hopefully they won't. But this is big information, guys. Keep your eyes open. I don't know how much the mainstream media is going to cover this stuff. We will try to cover it as best as we can as the information drops. We're trying to pay attention to the ACB hearings as well, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I imagine tomorrow's show will be more information from this hard drive and more from the ACB hearings if anything comes out of day three. But I want to end on one, one note. I think it's important to highlight when news is news, when journalists are journalists, and when they do their job. Wolf Blitzer on CNN. CNN, the Clinton News Network. CNN, so biased for the Democrats. Wolf Blitzer pressed Nancy Pelosi on the House's unwillingness to cooperate when it comes to coronavirus relief. And she got really upset about it. She accused CNN of being a Republican outlet. Ha! Which has to be the funniest thing said in 2020. To, to assume that CNN is in the bank for the Republicans is hilarious at best. Now, I'm going to play this audio for you. I don't know how good the audio is going to be, um, but I'm going to play this for you. This is just a clip of what happened on Wolf Blitzer. In their proposal either, but let's not go into that. You evidently do not respect the chairman of the committees who wrote this bill. I respect all of you. And I wish you would respect the knowledge that goes into getting uh, uh, meeting the needs of the American people. But again, you've been on JAG defending the administration all this time with no knowledge of the difference between our two bills. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to say that to you in person, Madam Speaker. These are these are incredibly difficult times right now. 
out, uh, and we'll leave it on that note. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. We'll leave us. it on the vote that you are not right on this, Wolf, and I hate to say that to All you. Right. But I feel confident about it, and I feel confident about my colleagues, and I feel confidence in my chairs. And it's not about me. It's about millions of Americans who can't put food on the table, who can't pay the rent. And we represent them. And we represent them. And we represent them. These long food and lines we represent that we're seeing. Them. I know we you know are. Them. I'm, I'm just we saying. We represent them and we know them. As we, we say. We know them. We represent them. Don't let yes. the perfect be the enemy of the good, as they say. It is nowhere near perfect. Madam Speaker. Always the case, but we're not even close to the good. All right, let's see what happens, because every day is critically, critically important. Thanks so much Thank for joining us. Thank you for your us. sensitivity to yeah. our constituents' needs. I am sensitive to them, because I see them on the street begging for food, begging for money. Madam Speaker, thank you, you so much. Have you said them? We feed them. We we'll, feed them. We'll continue this conversation down the road for <laughs> sure. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Wow. That exchange... Is it, first of all, g congratulations to Wolf, in all honesty. I, I appreciate him pressing Nancy Pelosi on this. The president has been forthright with his willing to negotiate. And we know Trump will negotiate. We, Trump is a businessman. We know he will negotiate. It's the House that is holding back this from getting done. The American people don't know it. And I, I commend Wolf Blitzer, I really do, on doing journalism and calling Nancy Pelosi out on this. So good on Wolf. You take from what you take, what you want to take from that exchange on how we should feel about Nancy Pelosi. And there's a chance she becomes president, by the way. All right, that's where we're going to end it today. Guys, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Try to watch as much of the ACB hearing as you can. Get it from the source, man. Don't rely on news organizations. Get it from the source. Again, if you appreciate what we do, please share this show. Uh, we want to get the word out. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys tomorrow.